podcast audience. We hope your January and New Year are off to a great start. We are back here this week with another part in our mashup series of our season one um, talking points. And we're going to combine a couple of talking points into one this week because we feel like they really feed off of each other very well. So this week's mashup is going to be how to prioritize self-care in your life and what that looks like for each person as well as our rapid fire questions that we had at the end of each interview, which include name five activities that nourish you and five words on how you want to feel the next six months. That just really felt like it went naturally and organically with prioritizing self-care. So you're going to get all of those in this week's mashup series. Um, We hope it encourages you on your own self-care journey and making that a priority in your life. And we, uh, um, hope that you enjoy the content and have a great week. I was a high woman and a mother from my youth. For my children, I did what I had to do. Um, we're going to start off with the first thing point I want to hit on is how to prioritize self-care in your life and what lo- that looks like for each of you. So, um, Sierra, why don't you kick us off and then we're just going to go from there. We're going to, you guys jump in as you're ready, beat off each other's comments. Yeah. So I think, um, for me, I'll speak from my perspective, uh, prioritizing self-care in my life has really first come from having like a really like the mindset of how I think about myself in the first place. So I've been able to prioritize self-care once I have believed that I was worthy enough to receive it. Mm. Once I have believed that I was worthy to be taken care of by myself, worthy of rest, worthy of that. I was enough things like that, that I would say that's, if I didn't have that, I don't think I could have prioritized self-care. Otherwise it's just like a thing to do on the checklist. Um, so that's where I think I started was a really long journey into that. I'm still on believing that I'm worthy of it in the first place. And then around like from there, it just turned into being able to say, like identify what I need and say that it's worth the time to get it. And we might get into this, but like setting boundaries, communicating to the people around me. Um, luckily I have like very supportive partner and friends in my life now where if I say I need alone time, then I can get that pretty easily. But for sure, it, I think previously it meant saying no sometimes to things that people like didn't understand why saying no to people who thought like they really needed me in that moment things like that, um, that it's like hard. So I had to understand why I was doing it and be, be able to really get clear on like what, what was okay, what was not okay, what I needed 
and when I needed it and, and saying that I was worth getting that. And I think really the motivation came from recognizing that like I, if I was going to give anything to anyone in leadership or anything else, um, like I had to be like absolutely taking care of myself before I could take care of anyone else. And so a place of abundance almost. Exactly. Exactly. For sure. Um, and understand, yeah, and understanding like I, it's actually, if I am leading people, it's kind of irresponsible for me to not take care of myself and not to have self-care um, and then try to go take care of other people. Cause then I'm just, I mean, plenty of people talk about this. I'm not the first to bring this up, but then I'm just resentful. Then I'm just angry. Then I'm just jealous that other people have boundaries and I don't. Um, so, I mean, Brene Brown recently on her latest podcast just talked about this. So, um, I think that was the mindset behind it. And then getting into boundaries is more tangibles. Maybe we'll talk about that more, but, um, the mindset behind it was crucial for me. What self-care looks like for me is I'm an introvert. So it's a lot of alone time. I mean, I could probably just tell you this morning I woke up, uh, I made myself, uh, I didn't start work till 11. So I made myself a slow back breakfast. I journaled free form three pages uh, before I like spoke to anyone. I drank a cup of coffee while I did that. I meditated afterwards. I went on a walk without a podcast, just like silence. Um, so things like that, that are like pretty simple. I mean, this morning I had a long morning, but on a morning when I work at six 30, it's like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to go on a walk before I get ready or just like setting aside time that I can check in and ask myself, like, how am I doing? What do I need? And how can I get it? Um, and then going I like that is, is self-care, I think. And, and really lately for me, I think I'm also in a season of being given permission to just ask like, and what do you want to do? Like when I wake up in the morning, just like kind of checking in and be like, what do you want to do today? What do you need? How can you get it? How can you make time for it? And it, me being getting really familiar with myself and my inner voice and, and listening to that and, and letting that lead in a lot of ways, but, um, it's a lot of alone time, a lot of good coffee, a lot of journaling, walking, but it looks different in every season for me. Yeah. So, well, I think you hit on a really important point that you have to believe you are important enough or worthy of self-care for it to really be meaningful and for you to make it a priority. And I think that that is the biggest thing that we miss out on. I, I know as women, especially when there's all these things that the culture expects from us that we, you know, it, it becomes a checklist item. Like you said, I'm like, all right, I did my workout today. Check. I did my quiet time today. Check. And instead, and then you wonder, you get out of it. And you're like, boy, I didn't, don't really feel rested and fulfilled, but boy, I checked it off my list. There's a big difference between that and like, no, I'm worthy of this. This is, I'm going to take my time for this and I'm going to make this a priority because I am, I'm good. And I, I deserve that. And to be the best me that I can be for myself and for my people. So, but I really like that. That, I mean, I liked all that you said, but that really stuck out to me. I really like it too, Bug. And, and I was thinking about what you just said, Melissa. Um, it's the best place to operate from when building that self-compassion, self-care place. Like Sierra described it, but you don't necessarily have to have it. Um, I actually arrived or am arriving at it because I'm really just now a year and a half, year into this journey of really being 
intentional about my self-care, but if you don't operate from a space that Sierra just uh, talked about and do that hard work over a long time, like she talked about, then you end up where I'm at at 53 and having tremendous somatic uh, issues that doctors can't describe um, or can't diagnose. I mean, and all that, and then you have to deal with it and you're coming at it from an age of 53 instead of what I'm really impressed with, with our daughters of starting the journey much earlier than and you and I have talked about this. So I think I can say this, you yeah. and I have started that journey. Yeah. And so it's a different route to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but and you, it's harder. Well, I don't know. I think Sierra's done really hard work. I she, think she's yes. just, she's just and many Kylie years and Courtney, of it. Yeah. but they've done it from a different spot and a more intentional spot instead of going, my goodness, I have to do something yeah. different at age 53 because it's not working. It's not how working. I've done it up yeah. till now. Yeah. My body's some, screaming at me. Sometimes I feel like form has to precede spirit. Sometimes you need to like put aside self-care and do it, even if you don't believe you're worthy of it yet. And that can help inform you that you're enough and worthy of it. So yeah, I think it's a give and take. It's, it's constantly like, sometimes I'm in the place where I'm like, I'm just like epic worthiness. And that's where I'm doing it from. Sometimes I'm doing it because I know I need it and it reminds me of my worthiness. So I think that's a good point to add. I think it doesn't have to go in that order and, and form can precede spirit sometimes to, to help you. Yeah, I really like that Sierra too, because starting it when I actually am practicing it, I'm in such a better spot. And I do have gratitude and belief in in my self-worth when I'm practicing. If I get outside of that, I'm kind of starting over, but. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Very good points. All right. Dad, you want to go next? Well, I kind of started. um, You did. And you've got kind of the 30,000 foot view of my journey, but really has just recently started uh, working through some significant issues from my childhood um, that have just, it's time to deal with them, um, to integrate them uh, into my whole self instead of it being siloed. Um, And so for me, it, it really has been slowing down. I was, have been a very hard charger going through higher education, first in athletics and, and now on the academic side. Um, and just now realizing that, uh, really from a lot of what Sierra said, I haven't been operating from a full cup. Um, and that has taken its toll on me. Um, so far more intentional about self-care now than just a couple of years ago. Um, but really from a prioritization standpoint, um, I'm usually pretty good, especially since being in the therapy for just over a year um, and helping to build these skills in myself. Um, I can tell you, you know, today's an example. Um, I watched a movie last night that uh, really triggered me. Uh, Precious, tough movie. Don't know if anybody's watched Precious. Uh, be ready for a little bit of a ride if um, if you are going to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it triggered me. And so today I didn't go into work. Um, I wanted to make sure I was taking care of myself. <laughs> Courtney is snapping the fingers for dad right now. now I will say this I is a up holding... big journey for him. People <laughs> big journey five, 10 years ago. There is no chance this man would have stayed home. Yeah, but it was a realization. I mean, it was a tough night. It did trigger me. I woke up and I wasn't in a great spot. I wasn't going to be real effective at work until I did some work myself. So I went for a long walk, which uh, is usually a a go-to for me. Uh, Pretty 
consistent with that. Um, but for me, uh, listened to some music, uh, really did some journaling and just sat quietly, um, some mindfulness and some reflection um, to really try and, and get myself to a better spot. I would will say later in the day, I did take some team meetings from home. We're all in that pandemic world. So I've got a little office at home that I can still do team meetings. Um, but I ended up taking the, the morning off and really just focusing on myself and processing what, um, you know, I uh, was dealing with after watching the movie and all the rest and just finding ways to, to be intentional about me in the old days, I would have just, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to soldier on, I'm going to go to work. Nobody's going to see a thing. I'm not going to let myself feel anything. And that's why I'm at where I'm at at 53. <laughs> yeah. You, that's a huge step for you. So I don't, I don't Dad, want I'm to. I'm so proud of you. Thanks Court. Dad, it's such a good job. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, good lady. job, Dad. <laughs> Yeah, these these ladies love their dad and and because he is they would all tell you the best girl dad ever. These girls make it easy. Beautiful young women that you are. Yes, young women. I'm the most blessed girl dad ever. There we go. There we go. All right. Who's up? I can pick up um, off dad. Um, Dad, yeah. Courtney and Sierra said, really, that's, that's really awesome. I'm really proud of you for doing that. Um, I think that's a huge step, not only, um, in our own individual worlds, but also like collectively in the society that we live in, we don't, um, it's almost as if the system is set up so that we don't interact with our bodies on a conscious level on a day-to-day basis, or we don't like have time to, or there's not tools or resources to, so that we will keep going. We will keep grinding because if we don't keep going at the pace that our society is taking us, then production won't actually get done. And actually the whole system will be forced to slow down. So when I think about self-care lately, I've been thinking about like, Oh, it's actually almost a form of resistance for me to interact with my body on a highly conscious level, to get intimate, to, um, connect on a deep level with my body every single day. Because when I do that, um, I actually am forced to go at a slower pace and at a pace that where I'm demanding less of myself. Um, and so that's, that's really cool that you did that. It's almost like a little act of resistance. I do want to speak to self-care because I do think there's layers of privilege within it. Um, and I, I want to speak on that because there are a lot of, people, communities, circumstances that can't afford self-care. Um, and like, we are all in this family, I think, um, extremely privileged, but on varying levels, depending on our job occupation and stuff like that. But I have coworkers, I have friends who like, and I know people who wouldn't be able to take the day off. And so what does it mean for accessible, um, mechanisms to self-care? What does it mean to prioritize mental health when we're talking about paid leave, when we're talking about PTO, when we're talking about just like a valid reason to not go into work, um, today, mental health days are just now, I think becoming, um, kind of like a brand or like a the lingo in the last 10 years. And so I'm thinking about, um, what dad did. And I feel like really grateful that he did that. Um, but I'm also like, there's a lot of people who that privilege is not afforded to them. Um, of when something is triggering or something is hard, you have to go into work the next day, because if you don't, then there's no food, there's no clothing, there's no, the bill, the bills aren't paid. And that's very, very real. So I think about self-care both in how commodified it's become 
um, in our society. And like, it's almost become a brand um, when we think about like superficial levels of self-care. So getting below the brand and then really like indulging in um, intentional self-care for myself. So what does it mean for me um, to actually like move almost from self-care to self-indulgence to like self-love in that moment of like, I can put on a face mask for 10 minutes and like maybe feel good about my skin Or I can call, like leave work early because I have a headache, which I did today because I had a stress induced headache and go home and do yoga for an hour and a half and like really get to know like what's understanding and what's going on in my body and why I have a headache um, instead of just taking that 10 minutes of face masks. So I think speaking of speaking on what dad said, I think it's both knowing when to stop and also knowing how deep to go um, in those moments. Oh, some days I just want a bubble bath and like, that's enough for me. A couple of weeks ago, gas filled all over me at the gas station when I was about to have a really fun date night with Takunda. And I, <laughs> I had to literally, like I needed a bubble bath. Like bubbles are what made me feel better. That's how I got out of my funk because I was distraught. Um, my yes, she was. This is not a lie. <laughs> no, my sixth, my sixth trait, and I'm proud of this one. I don't think it's a negative one. Is dramatic. Like I, like I go in and I go deep, and I went deep. That <laughs> most sisters are laughing right now. That's <laughs> Like the only way, the only way I'll get out is this bubble bath, and it worked. But days like today, it's like nope. Like my body is heavy. Like it is grieving. It is working through something I have to go deeper or else I'm going to go into work tomorrow just as exhausted and probably have another stress induced headache. So I think there's layers of privilege to self-care. And I also think it's important for um, me to identify when I'm doing self-care because it's like cute and popular and trendy. Um, Mm -hmm. But when I actually, what am I practicing in self-care and what am I practicing that's actually going to push me forward and evolve me um, more into alignment with myself. Good stuff, Kai. Awesome stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, very good point on the privilege piece. I think that is really important in this kind of this capitalistic culture that we live in and these people that are working hard. I mean, we live in Texas where the minimum wage is low and people are having to work two and three hourly jobs where they're working seven days a week and just to put food in their family's mouths. So, um, you know, I think the whole other discussion is what does self-care look like for them? I mean, is there a space for them to take five minutes, 10 minutes, half an hour somewhere where they can actually just focus on themselves because they are giving so much all the time. So yeah, that's, that is super valid point, Kylie. Thank you for bringing that up. All right, Cordy Court. Um, yeah, I feel like for myself, uh, until in like this last year, really, until I went kind of deeper into the uh, more meaningful stuff that Kai was kind of touching on, I didn't like the surface level stuff didn't really mean all that much. So I think for me, like most fundamentally, um, self-care has been like coming back to myself or kind of like learning about myself for the first time even. Um, trusting myself and then kind of redefining things that I either like inadvertently let people define and choose for me or like overtly kind of just let people decide. Um, So like most recently in a handful of different ways, it's kind of looked like being more aware and intentional of like the spaces I'm in and the people I find myself around um, and just like no longer staying in unhealthy and harmful um, environments and calling that like brave or strong or right while simultaneously kind of like giving into the fear or the top belief even 
that quitting or leaving is like wrong or weak somehow. Um, and I think that just comes from like remembering that I have autonomy um, and I know myself best. And because I know myself best, I make like really, really, really good decisions for myself, um, which I found 100%. out last year. Um, just like was playing college volleyball to school in New York, ended up quitting and like going to the opposite side of the country to come to OSU uh, to study art when I was studying business and just like found out that I got into the art program the other day and um, like all, these, <laughs> all these different things. Um, so yeah, I think it's just been getting to know myself and then, and then I'm just more quiet and introverted and kind of always have been super introspective. And so um, just kind of getting to 22 years old and be like, I don't have to have a lot of friends. I probably never will, but my God, the friends I have are friggin' legit. <laughs> ride or dies, baby. They are ride or dies. So, um, yeah, just kind of finding out how personal self-care is. And I don't think like I have stuff in common, obviously with Kai and Sierra, since we're so close, but, um, but like outside of that, there's not a ton of like people or spaces out there that I would say look exactly like the self-care that I have chosen for myself type of thing. So yeah, I think just realizing how personal it is because I think until I went kind of into the depth, I like, I'm not, I don't take naps. I'm not a yoga person. Like, um, those type of things that people generally think of when they think of self-care, like self-care for me could be like taking myself out to coffee or like going to the beach, especially nowadays. Um, cause the Oregon coast is like one of my favorite places that exists, but a lot of times it's also like putting on music and cleaning my room because simple and tidy spaces are like what brings me the most peace or like <laughs> taking my car for an oil change or vacuuming out the inside <laughs> brings, <laughs> brings me an undeniable kind of inner peace <laughs> that I can't explain. Um, so stuff like that. It's just like super mundane, but I love it. And then like, and then the cleaning the room inevitably turns into a little dance party, which is great. Um, or even just like cooking myself a really, really, really good meal. That's also like nourishing, but hearty. So, yeah. I love what you, how you've spoken to how everyone needs to find their own space and place for self-care and what it looks like because your self-care looks very different than your sister's self-care because it in a lot of ways not in all ways but in a lot of ways but it because it fits you and I think we sometimes get locked into these spaces where I must meditate I must do yoga I must you know do these things and do those things if they feel good but I can tell you I did not start doing yoga until a year and a half ago because that is just not what worked for me I got to a space in my life and tried it again and, and it's really helped me but that's not the space I was in 10 years ago so that's another thing too is these things are going to change over seasons just because it works for these guys now in their 20s doesn't mean that's where you're going to be when you're in your 30s or 40s. So also being open to change and continuing to examine what that looks like for you and the different seasons you go into. But I thought your point court was really, really, really important about that. What looks right for you, not not what commodified world tells you is what self-care is supposed to look like. So thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> um, yes. So what is OK? Going to coffee shops with Tim, um, traveling, road tripping, really, really nourishing for me. Um, 
And then going to therapy. I don't know if I just mm. overdid it, but yeah, going to therapy is really nourishing to me right nice. now. Um, and then my feelings, the five things, five things you want to feel in the next six okay. months um, would be, I want to feel hopeful, mm. hopeful. Um, I want to feel free. I want to feel fulfilled. Um, I want to feel like I'm healing. Mm. Uh, I don't say healed, healing. I think that's always a process. Um, And present. Mm. Very good. All right. Great. A couple similarities. Um, For me, those things that nourish me is this right here, my lovely ladies, whether I get you all together or one-on-one, I always come away from conversations with the four of you, either together or individually much more nourished. So that's my number one go-to. Um, but for other pieces, uh, golf is a big piece for me. Mm-hmm. Um, got a little golf group and get two rounds in over the weekend. Music has always been a big piece of me. Um, and really getting back into it. So it's fairly present. Um, wherever I'm at now has attested to the awesome father's day present that my ladies gave me my speaker for golf tapping king (laughs) awesome awesome thank you ladies um walking um really trying to be intentional about getting fifteen thousand steps in a day it just seems to ground me gives me time to think through things to be mindful to even meditate i promise i don't walk with my eyes closed but um (laughs) can get some meditation in during that time as well journaling which hasn't been a big piece for me it's only come up in the last year and a half but a lot a lot of journaling um reading and pretty much devouring uh, most of um, PTSD, CTPSD um, pieces that I can get my hands on. Um, driving, uh, that's been mentioned a couple of times. I think maybe we ingrained that in our lovely yeah, ladies well, with all the driving. road trips we took. So we drove across America a couple <laughs> of times. A few times. Um, so, and I would also say, just like Bug did, um, uh, professional therapy um, really is nourishing. There was a piece just recently where my uh, therapist was uh, on maternity leave and, and I became a little untethered yeah. um, for that stretch. So uh, good to be back in it. And um, it does definitely nourish me. And then also self-therapy. So a little more than five, maybe, but um, how I want to feel uh, first and foremost, integrated. Mm-hmm. I want to get to a spot where I do feel like I've integrated all those layers. Um, I want to feel contentment. I want to feel progress down that road mm-hmm. of, of my journey. I know I won't be never arrived, but I want to feel that there's progress made. Mm-hmm. I want to feel healthier. And I also want to feel a void. I don't, I want to be void of uh, somatic illness. That would be wonderful if that happens in the next mm-hmm. six months. Yeah. Very good. Thank you. Thank you all for sharing that. Um, and thank you for your vulnerability tonight and being willing to share your personal journeys and our collective journeys. And I think, and I hope this really gives our audience insight to, to who we are and and why I'm here. And I can tell you, I'm sure after listening to this, you all out in the audience world can understand why I've learned so much from these people and why they're so important to me and why I thought it was so important that you hear from them because they individually and collectively are just, you know, treasures in this world and super wise. And um, yeah, if you want to know more about them again, look in the show notes and um, follow the things they're doing. 
their um, their lights in the world. And it's an honor to have them as mine. So on that, we are going to close um, this Meet the Crooks episode. We thank you for joining us. And we hope you'll join us again um, next week as you get to meet my producer, Valencia San Luis. So thank you all and have a great night. Let's talk about, talk about self-care in your life and how you got to this place. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate um, everything that you just said. And exactly how you said it is exactly what happened. <laughs> I, when we had met, I was really just someone who didn't understand things like boundaries or putting yourself first and the importance of prioritizing your own needs over everything, essentially. Um, And I feel like learning about self-care for me was really bundled with learning about boundaries and learning how do you actively love yourself? Mm. Because I think that's something that I didn't really consider before. Like I did some things here and there for myself that were, you know, I could say were self-care moments but I didn't really have self-care practices, which is a big thing that everybody needs. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. So explain the difference on that. Yeah. So self-care moments, I feel are just, you know, they could be moments where, all right, I am completely tapped out, burnt out, or just, Hey, you know what? It's Saturday. I haven't really read a book or something in a while. And it's just very, I want to say spontaneous or or out of desperation rather. Yeah. Instead of something that you do consistently throughout your week, your month, like something that is a part of your actual life. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something that I really needed to, to learn, you know, to have these different practices to ground myself, to put myself first and to really actively set boundaries as well, since we talked about the whole people pleasing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that uh, to talk about um, my journey with getting here, I feel like a reason that I didn't have those practices or make those a priority were because I really, at the time, had very porous boundaries, if any, really, but had very, <laughs> very porous boundaries. And that really was in um, my work, a lot of my uh, school activities, my friendships, relationship, pretty much how you do one thing is how you do all things. So yeah. how I did one thing is how I did all things. <laughs> And, um, but thankfully through, you know, us talking and through some other people that I was able to get some insight from, and honestly, 
from hitting rock bottom a lot of times. Yeah. I was really pushed to adopt real self-care practices for myself. And some of those practices now look like, um, you know, meditation. It looks like speaking to myself with love and kindness, especially when I really need it. It looks like unplugging from the virtual world when I need to. Mm -hmm. Um, Now more so, it's also exercising, spending time outside, paying attention to what I need in the moment. Very, um, I want to say it is being present with myself Mm -hmm. at the core of everything. Present with myself and present with what I need. And that, since I was always go, go, going before... (laughs) Sure. I didn't really do, you know, and um, actually just to to talk a little bit deeper about when I really started to prioritize myself. um, It's actually connected to when I started learning about uh, our wonderful feminine cycles that we have. Yeah. Yeah. Like at the end of 2019, um, I was really doing a lot of research about menstrual cycles, women's health, things of that nature. And through that, I was able to see that, okay, wait a second. Our cycles are not just when we bleed, first of all, because a lot of people kind of assume like, okay, when you say cycle, you just kind of mean it's when we bleed. But within our month cycle, Mm -hmm. we have these different seasons that we go through, not just physically, but on a real like emotional mental intuitive level like there are different things that we might prefer or there are different things that we it's like our desires and our superpowers I like to call them fluctuate Mm -hmm. as much as we do for example right something that I've noticed just in my own journey is when I am in that wonderful uh, winter time is what I like to call when we bleed. So when I am <laughs> embrace winter. the winter. Yes, exactly. <laughs> when I am in that wonderful winter time, um, there are certain things that I notice uh, about my body, right? That I might be moving a little bit slower, um, that I might need certain foods to really help me feel just balanced. But I also notice that my intuition for one is just out of this world. (laughs) Like I am able to synthesize things in such a better way than, than really the, the rest of my, my cycle. And, and also in that time, I realized that I need a lot of alone time Mm -hmm. and that I can be quite sensitive to things during that time as well. Mm -hmm. Now, conversely, when it comes to that uh, wonderful summer season, which is what I call that ovulation window, (laughs) that time I just have a huge desire to be around people, have adventures. Um, One of my superpowers during that time is I'm very communicative and I can connect with people pretty confidently. Um, So learning about this rhythm that I have has really, really helped me understand, okay, what do I need in this season? Mm -hmm. Do I need more alone time? Do I need more hanging out with friends? Do I need more intense exercise even? Do I need to kind of slow it down? Um, And connecting with that really has been game changing, honestly. There's so much in that. Um, First of all, I want to go back to the beginning where wouldn't you agree that putting practices in place versus these spurts or moments makes it 
so that you don't get to those desperation moments. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Preventative. The second thing is that that understanding, I think that we get blocked into this is what I do for my self-care and this is how it's going to go. And we don't necessarily build in, we make it something to check off our list. And we talked about this some in episode two with my daughters, but we don't necessarily um, understand the flexibility that you need to take a look at day to day and, and, and week to week. I think what you've broken down here is your body needs different things at different times of the month, depending on where you are. So, so build in those things and don't get so tied into a routine that you'd haven't, that you're not actually doing what's best for yourself. Self-care isn't actually that, that self-care doesn't work for you that week. And also understanding too, that there's different things that you take on throughout the month that are going to be better fit in some weeks and others. Now life is life and you can't always control that. But even that awareness of this is where I am this week, I know I have to knock off these things. So how am I going to do that? I mean, I feel like this awareness that you have about those things allows you to live your life in such a different way than we just go through on autopilot and we don't pay attention. And we just, like you said, like, oh, this is the week I'm going to bleed. And so this is the week I'm going to have my cramps. And we don't pay attention to all those other areas and the way you've dove into it this is people this is why you've got to go to the show notes and follow this woman because this is life-changing i think this is going to be life-changing for women it's been life-changing for you Mm -hmm. definitely definitely and actually what's funny is um because i remember you mentioned about oh I'm, i'm gonna bleed i'm gonna have cramps actually part of why we even experience symptoms like cramps or any of the um pms symptoms right they're called is because we don't pay attention to what our bodies need throughout the month. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually what I've found in my own journey is I've been able to reverse a lot of symptoms that I had. Wow. By paying attention to these subtle signs, taking care of myself in different ways with different food, exercise, all those things. Sure. Um, and to comment on what you said before is like, yeah, self-care, you know, it, it's always great to have practices, right? That we do consistently. But what I found in my own experience is that the the thing that you do doesn't have to look the same throughout the month. So, for example, one practice that I have is meditating. Now, meditation sometimes can be just a very deep, you know, internal, like 30 minute sort of meditation. But meditation can also look like a walking meditation. It could be a guided meditation. It could be a a sort of meditation where you're visualizing something. There's so many different ways that you can do one thing. Um, So Uh that's something that I especially want to offer to women because we are cyclical human beings. We naturally, for one, and also we like variety. I feel like a lot of women like having that sense of being able to, to change pace and to go with what naturally feels good for them. Yeah. And again, again, that feels like this feels like it's helping me. I mean, there are days and I'm not nearly as locked into this as this woman is, but I have become more flexible in my routines. I'm not just, it's not just a checklist I am in it and they'll be, and I'm really listening to my body more. I'm like, today's a yoga and breathing exercises day today is not a 20 to 30 minute cardio day. It's just, it's just not what my body needs. You know, even though I've got a pretty consistent routine, I've, I've become more willing to be flexible. And some of that is just what I've learned from Valencia and just, you know, what she's doing 
and, and what my daughter Kylie's doing um, are, are very similar with her balanced approaches. But listen to your body, ladies. Our bodies were built to help us. And, and listen to your body. How is it feeling? What do you need? Um, and I, Valencia's got a really great um, plan for that, idea for that. And that's just something she's learned. Five activities that nourish me. Number one is definitely singing. Um, then right behind that is dancing, Mm -hmm. (laughs) then listening to spoken word poetry Mm -hmm. and meditating. And then lastly, like I mentioned again, journaling. Okay. So who are you like, I'm, this is not, this is off the rapid fire, but who are some of your favorite artists in spoken word in music? Mm, That's a good question. You know, I think that. Sometimes it varies, but for example, right now with spoken word artists, I really like um, Sarah Kay. Mm. I like uh, Rudy Francisco. Mm-hmm. They With spoken word, there's just something about being able to express things in such a beautiful way and sometimes really hard things in such a beautiful wow. way. And in terms of um, artists, different artists that I like, One guy that I just think is a creative genius right now (laughs) is um, Masego. Mm. His feel, the the type of music that he makes, I just really feel at peace with. It it really nourishes me in some way. Yeah. Awesome. All right. And lastly, um, five words that you are hoping to live out in the next six months. You know, I will say this as an affirmation. Okay. In the next six months, I feel free. I feel healthy. Mm. I feel vibrant. I feel secure and I feel balanced. Nice. I love the way you set that up as an affirmation. I think that's another great tool rather than this is what I want to do. No, this is what I am doing. This is what I'm going to do. And a great mentor of mine, said to me one time, um, Betty Colville authors, her name, God rest her soul. She said, if you're doing something 5% of the time, you're doing it. It's part of who you are. We have this belief that if we aren't doing it all the time, or it's not hundred percent of the time, that it's not a character trait. It's not something we're doing. And she's like, and I don't know where she got that. I think it's just from lived experience. She was an older woman that I got the great chance to know probably about the last 10 years of her life. And I think that, you know, and so speak, so one taking that, I'm like, okay, I'm doing it 5% of the time. I'm doing it 1% of the time. I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And then speaking that in affirmation changes the way instead of, I want to do this, or I wish I could do this, or I hope I can do this. No, I am. This is, this is how I'm going to exist. So thank you for that. How you're learning to um, prioritize self-care in your life and where that fits, what works for you. That's a hard one. Um, I've struggled with trying to one put myself first. I always put other people first. I've never ever put yes, he does people hundred <laughs> percent. And that's why I was like, I'm gonna love. I love that we talk about these things today because we talked about it last week a little bit with Valencia. That Abby is a take care of everyone around her, people pleaser. How can I help you? Mm-hmm. Put herself last, last kind of gal, and so she's been getting opportunities to work on that. So, okay, go ahead and elaborate. (laughs) Yeah, I need to, I'm definitely in a space where I 
have been really trying to work on that um, and have been just really trying to figure out what self-care looks like for me. Um, And so this past year while in grad school, I... It was hard because it was a one year program was very intensive and I found myself really stressed out at times and found myself like not giving myself enough time to not think about school. So I had to figure out ways where I was able to kind of sit down and really like take care of myself. And one of the things that I honestly like learned to do um, or started off with, with self-care is like just going to the nail salon and getting my nails done. Um, And that's what I just really love getting my nails done. And so I think that's one of the things where I really started off um, my self-care and I um, was in therapy for a little bit during school as well. So that's one of the things that I talked through with my therapist and um, we had come to like a, I guess not agreement, but a place of like self-care is really what makes, I guess the best for you. It's not really like determined on what looks, what it looks like for other people. So I started off with that. Um, And one of the things that I eventually ended up doing is, kind of just like writing too. I like to write and I like to journal. So I, um, did that. I like to write a lot of like notes and stuff for myself. So I kind of incorporated that as well. Um, and honestly, like for me, um, just taking time for myself is what self-care looks like too. Like I said before, I do everything for everyone and I put myself last and I put myself in positions where I am just kind of overdrained and I, don't really know how I get myself there sometimes because I just always am doing things for other people and just so willingness to, you know, give, give, give and not give for myself. So yeah, I'm going to stay where I'm working on that, but it's, it's, it's happening. It's slowly happening, but it's a progress. (laughs) It is. It's a progress. It's a progress that will change throughout your life in different seasons. And it will always be a focus. I think that's the one thing that's important is that we're always going to be working on these things because there's always going to be people pulling us in different directions. But we've all, I think, as we have these conversations and are realizing through our own journeys, for people to actually get the best version of us and who we are, we have to actually put our time into ourselves first so that we're giving from a full cup and not an empty cup and not a martyr or complex cup and not a I'm drained and I've hit the wall and I have no more to give cup and so if we can change the language that the culture tries to tell women that self-care is selfish and taking time for it is selfish it's like no 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 you the joke's on you you've actually been getting the worst of us by us being drained if you you know give us a space to take care of ourselves a little bit and refill our cups you're going to be getting the best of us and we all win with that. And I think, but that's, it's, that's not what we hear and that's not what we're told. And so we kind of have to sometimes, I think, hit a wall before we realize that this is just not working for me. Um, and I think that's, that's a space that, that you have, that you have walked in and experienced, but it's, yeah, when you have been operating in one facet for so long, it takes time. And like you said, different seasons in life are going to be pulled different directions, but if you can start those habits now, in your twenties and just make it part of your, this is my non-negotiable then, you know, and I think that's, that's where we, we all have to get to that space. So um, it's good to hear you talking about that. And I love how you identify, these are the things that work for me. This is what I found, because I think that's the other thing we've been talking about is different things work for different people. What works for you doesn't necessarily work for the next person or what works for them doesn't necessarily work for you. So finding that stuff, 
how do I feel rested? You get to decide that. You get to define that. I think that's that's really important for all of us to come to that conclusion. So we get to define that for ourselves. Name five activities that nourish you. Five activities that nourish me. Oh, I'm cooking. Mm. It's very like relaxing to me. I don't know why. It's very relaxing. Um, being at the beach, just mm. beach. Um, I don't like swimming in the ocean because it scares me, but just being at the beach is very relaxing to me. Just laying out, yeah. um, reading a book, just listening to music, being with friends. That's really like nourishing to me. Um, one of the, what's another one? Dang, I had these. Um, <laughs> oh, I love like trying new things, like mm. activities or like trying new foods um love doing that like going to new restaurants and like trying new things that's one of the things that it scares me but it like I love doing it like it, I guess something that it nurses me I guess um so yeah I love doing that um traveling I love traveling and um experiencing other places and seeing other things and learning about other cultures and stuff like that that also nurses me um and then I guess my last thing is Hmm. What is my last thing? I love being around people that make me happy. That's mm. I just love being around people that make me happy and that can make me laugh and just having a good time with like people that are just positive. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, that's you. <laughs> Yeah, because your Abby is so great to be around. So I'm not surprised that that's one of the things that nourishes her. All right. So to wrap it up, five words on how you want to feel the next six months. Okay. I want to feel um, accomplished. I want to feel, um, I would say loved and supported. That's that's one. Mm -hmm. Love and supported. Um, I want to feel challenged. Um, I want to feel, um, I guess, let's see. Challenged, loved, and supported. Did I, did I say three or did I say two? Three. Um, did I say motivated? No, you didn't. Okay. That's a good one. I want to feel motivated. And um, I want to have, it's like, a, I want to say it in a sentence, but I want to feel and put myself in a situation where I'm always putting selfish. I want to feel selfish because I've never felt selfish. You, know, you don't know what it feels like? I don't know what it feels like. And I think it's time for me to be a little bit selfish um, and like really put myself first. So, yeah. Well, and I think you call it selfish. I call it self-care, but I used to call it selfish (laughs) because but it's one of those things like, I wonder what that feels like. Uh Uh, This conversation a couple of episodes ago with my oldest Sierra, like she'd literally never disappointed anyone in her whole life. And she's like, I should do it just to see what it feels like. (laughs) Gosh, so it's so funny. So I am pretty confident you're selfish is not going to be actually selfish, but I'm glad to see you like, okay, we're going to test the waters there and see what happens. 
I love it. How to prioritize self-care in your life and what it looks like for you. And I think um, this one's an interesting one because Joy has never worried about what anyone else around her thinks. Joy has never been afraid to navigate her own trail. She's never worried about the popularity contest or she's never stretched herself into being something for somebody else that wasn't authentically, genuinely her. And I love that about her. And I think that has a lot to do with just her confidence and who she is. And like I said, self-care can come in a lot of different forms, but the way I see it show up in joy is just her not trying to be someone else she's not. And she automatically loving herself and thinking of herself, like, I don't need to do that. I don't need to expend my energy that way. So why don't you talk about that? Yeah, well, you know, we have enough just within ourselves, right, (laughs) to keep track of and take care of. So taking on, you know, worrying about others in that way, how exhausting, Um, you know, when I can put all the energy and efforts into, you know, other things that, you know, can make a difference. So, yeah, you're right. I just don't get caught up in that. Um, You know, the self-care, it's it's all in my, you know, activity. I, I just try to you know, stay healthy. I love to still swim, um, you know, work out as best that I can, even with, you know, limitations and kind of changing workouts just to kind of, you know, my needs, but, um, activity is huge. And, um, but I think the biggest thing, um, is, uh, I love being around people. I, I get inspired by others. So, um, you know, being volunteering is just where it's at for me. I, I just get all my fuel. Um, and it worked too. Um, the people I work with, I mean, just all of that, um, self-care, I just surround myself with amazing people and I just try to concentrate on, you know, on those things and not getting caught up in, in the things that really I can't control, um, or, you know, that are just going to take so much of my energy and, and really not go anywhere. So no, absolutely. And you've always worked in environments that inspired you. You've never been one that's had a job where you're like, no, I'm just doing this to do it. You love what you do. I do. And, and Melissa, I know you mentioned mortgage, which I was for over 26 years. Right. Um, and what, what's cool is, um, you know, I, that's kind of ventured out into something different now. And I really get to make a difference for people because I've been an SBA loan officer now, a small business administrative uh, loan officer for over two years now. Um, and gosh, talk about making a difference. You're right. You're doing startups, you're helping business acquisition. I mean, the, the things that I get to do on the work site and just to really dig into the, the phenomenal things you see people in their dreams. I mean, it's just so cool. It is really, really neat. And it just, it builds me every day. So, um, yeah, I, I love it. And then my new adventure, the same thing, just there was a need. Uh, I actually reached out to a partner of mine that I knew that might be able to, I couldn't find anything, you know, to help me. And I went to her and said, can you make me something? And, uh, and so that was cool. Cause then she started to work on it. She's like, joy, you know, you can't be the only one that might have these challenges. <laughs> I'm kind of like, really? It's not just about me. <laughs> it was really funny how we kind of that light kind of just went off. Like, you know what? I mean, there's got to be other women that have these challenges. They're, you know, they're, they're out there. We've got to do something. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I am so on board. Let's go. So it's been a journey and it's been amazing. The stories we're hearing every day. So yeah, fills my cup. For sure. Yeah, fills your cup. And that's that's such a key in the fact that being actively engaged in work that fills your cup 
that way you're not giving from an empty space. The reason you have the energy and the passion for what you do is because what you do fills your cup. It's naturally built into, and you've never been willing to settle for anything different than that. And I think that you are ahead of the game compared to a lot of women. How do you, what, what do you attribute that to? Because you've always been that way. And I, like I said, since I've known you when we were in our late twenties, Yeah. Um, You know, I don't know. I, I just, I really watch people. (laughs) I love to, I mean, I love the great story, right? I just really um, get, I I just love to watch people and I love to see what they do. I I think probably, I mean, I tell my kids, one of the biggest things my children will say, and I've told them this since they were little, um, because it has probably been the number one thing in my life that um, I really didn't realize until later, but early on, I mean, you just pay attention to people that come across your path. There is a reason why they do, and mm-hmm. they will come back around over and over again. And I can't tell you, I mean, it gives me goosebumps when I say that, because there's some people in my life now that that's how it happened. And, you know, if I, I mean, just when I first saw them, um, they were probably at a level that I really didn't think that I would probably be even talking to them um, mm-hmm. or, and, and, but somehow, I mean, I, I just had that connection immediately. Like, like, wow, I, I want to know more about this person and that she's inspiring me or, you know, whatever little thing went on in my head, um, that came to be, um, in a huge way in my life. And, and it has now come around a little bit in my daughter's life. And Mm -hmm. so that, that's just a huge thing. And I, I live that every day. I'm like, there's a reason why this person's over here talking to me right now, or, you know, um, yeah, that's just been huge. And I think it's just really important. You get, others are going to inspire you in ways you have no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just be open to that. And yeah, and, absolutely. And name five activities that nourish you. Okay. Yeah, that took a little bit too, but um, <laughs> sleep, man, you got to have good sleep. Yes, you do. Amen. <laughs> It's important. Um, you know, and Bill pushes that a lot too. The athletes, it's yeah. important. You gotta, gotta coach up these coaches and, and, and let them know. I mean, this, it's just huge, right? I mean, they need sleep. Um, I need sleep. Everybody needs sleep. Um, you know, work, um, it, work is healthy to me. I mean, it's, uh, definitely you gotta put some, you know, limitations on things or whatever, but, um, yeah, it's important. I nourish my work, um, whether I even call it work, right? Like we said, yeah. just different things. It's just how I'm involved in, and, and what I get from that, um, spending time with family and friends, definitely. And my doggies, um, I mean, that's huge that they're, they're going to nourish me, um, uh, so much and, uh, we're big sailors, right? Yeah. So anytime we can get out there on the lake, that peace and tranquility of sailing that mm-hmm. says it all, especially for Bill, right? That's his big escape. Um, both of our, I mean, we love it. Um, it, it really has, um, just brought such joy and peace in our life. That's how we try to get that <laughs> tranquility, yeah, yeah. <laughs> serenity, yes. <laughs> escape. Yes, so got to have that. Um, and then just for myself, it's, it's working out and swimming, you know, having that time in the water. Um, I'm not, you know, it's not like you're just going to sit there and count laps all day long. You're thinking, um, yeah. and you're working through scenarios and, and all that. So, um, that's very nourishing for me. Cause I, I work through a lot in my yeah. mind when I'm swimming. Yeah. So. Used to have to count laps. I don't have to count them anymore. (laughs) (laughs) But I love how you've transferred that, though, you know, and how that, you know, 
use that as a processor, you know, so it's filling a lot of different, both your mental, emotional, physical, all those health spaces all kind of yeah. get filled by. Yeah. That's really cool. However, if I do have someone in the lane next to me, you know, I do have to pass. <laughs> pass. I do have to pass someone. <laughs> I know what you mean about that. I mean, I know like, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's how I ended up with a uh, pulled calf muscle in the quarter lane half marathon is oh. that person in front of me. So talking, I understand the whole, like, sometimes it can work against you, peace. All right. Um, five words on how you want to feel the next six months. Yeah. Um, what came to mind? Uh, inspired. I mean, that's love that word. Yeah. Uh, love when that happens, you know, um, challenged, I, mm. I, you know, I'm always kind of bring it to me. I mean, just like, let's see yeah. what we got. So um, I love being challenged. Um, happy, <laughs> you know, um, got to go with happy, um, ambitious. That's a big one for me. I just, I mean, it's yeah. important just to stay that way. Um, and then um, accomplished. Yeah. I mean, like, what can I have on my list where I feel like I've, you know, made a difference and accomplished something. So those would be my five. Awesome. Is how to prioritize self-care in your life and what it looks like for each person. So talk (laughs) about that for you and your journey on this. And that's why I'm going to keep referring to the book because I was just like, man, she's just one of those people And I think we can all be guilty of this. Strong women, we're out there, we're doing our thing, we're doing our jobs, we're raising our kids, we're volunteering at church, we're on the PTO, and we look like we've got our stuff together. We are, we, we fool the world because underneath all that, we are exhausted. We are not administering self-care. We are covering up and putting on one show in one place because we are just trying to keep everybody happy and make sure everybody is the best they can be and putting ourselves in them. And you've been there. So walk us through your journey with that. And then how that ties into all that you do, including launching what you're going to be launching with your free with E coming up here soon. So many things. Well, you know I, what? I, I love that you are bringing up the book because, you know, people think the book's going to be about sex trafficking and it's really not. No. <laughs> Surprise. No, I know. it's going to like stir things up in you and bring you to your next level and shock you of what it's bringing up. But I think it's the season for that stuff to come up. And so like, as I'm listening to you talk, I just hung up with a really good friend of mine in Texas and she was talking about some, how we're rolling out this new stuff. And, and she said, you know what, you're right. So we all look so good. Um, but most of us, it's because we come from trauma. And I'm like, I know I said, the women are killing it. We know how to compartmentalize because of what we've lived through. So yes. you can yes. like put a goal, just like you used to block out everything else. You know, I might have this happen. I might have this abuse. I might have that. But man, I'm going to put it in a box. And I think that's part of our strength. And until we get enough healing, we're operating out of that crazy, right? And it's exhausting. And, you know, I remember when I was pregnant with my third child in Chicago, because, you know, I grew up in Chicago. Yeah, um, with my third. So they're like 22 months apart, 18 months apart. Then I was pregnant with my third. And I, one morning, my kid didn't sleep. The baby didn't sleep. My five-year-old or four-year-old was like at my bed. Mommy, let's do a craft at seven in the morning. And then I just like snapped. I thought I was going to have four kids. I'm like, I'm never having any more kids. I'm done. Like I'm exhausted. And I called my friend and I said, I just can't do it all anymore. I can't do it all. 
And she goes, well, thank God, because we're all sort of sick of you. Like, take off your Wonder Woman <laughs> belt. She goes, what's with you and this Wonder Woman belt anyway? Like, you're not supposed to do it all. I'm like, what? <laughs> well, yeah. And, and, and talk about that, too, because I think when you have trauma, we get on this track and I'm speaking from my own experience that we've got to like, all right, I'm going to show the world. I'm going to impress. I'm going to be on all the time Uh because I am better than, you know, just to prove to ourselves. And what's our, what's our catchphrase? Oh, I got it. Oh, I got it. No, I'll do that. I got it. It's fine. I got it. (laughs) I have nothing. (laughs) I I always say now, like I just faked it all the time. I was just, you know, but I was, thankfully tuned into God because he would carry me through. But now if I, you know, talk about where my journey has gone with self-care, I think learning for me, quite honestly, because what that is, is codependent, right? So we had codependency. We felt more responsible for everybody else's feelings and everything in their life than our own. And that felt like we were taking care of it all. And it felt good to the cost of our own health and the cost of our own sanity and our our healthy relationships where they should have been. And I think for me, when I finally started learning to say no, I felt so mean. Like it was such a hard, didn't you feel mean when you started to have boundaries? Guilty. And what are they going to think of me? Oh, they're not going to like me. Oh, I'm going to disappoint them all the time. All the time. And I think that's how you know you still have some codependency in you. Like when you're like, have a really great boundary and you know you can't do it, you feel bad, guilty, or mean. You're like, oh, I still have some work to do. And so I'll <laughs> offer for you later. <laughs> I think learning that two things, and I love Henry Cloud, right? And, yeah. and I think that um, your no being more important than your yes, because what still I have to worry, it'll fly out of my mouth and someone says, Hey, can you, Oh, sure. And then later I'm like, why did I say that? I have no, no interest. I'm probably going to back out of it. Like learning to shut up before we throw out our yes and learning that our no has to be way more used than our yes. Yes. Yeah. So that piece. And then another piece that I have really, even in the last year or so COVID I think was helpful because it gave us permission to be done. You know, that mm-hmm. Henry Cloud talked about yeah. endings. There's some relationships that were just part of what we were doing. Yes. Weren't fulfilling that we would just come home like, why were we doing that for four hours? Like, I would have rather been on my couch in my yoga pants. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I think learning to be done, learning to say no, learning when it's no longer a season, you know, and I think loving our family because, you know, us as those super doers, our family often feels like they're not even first. Yeah. All we care about is our family, but we got everything else and we're managing everybody else's, you know? So for me, it's been really growing into, there's very little I I do anymore. People don't believe me, but there's very little I do. I'm very often home in my yoga pants on my couch. Well, for the things that you are doing, you're doing the things you care about and you're passionate about and align with your why, which we will talk about in a minute. Um, So with this launch that you're going to be doing, how does that play into all of this? Where does that fit? It's this on steroids. Like, I just love this timing. Like, I can't even tell you, like, you guys can't see, but I'm holding up for her. I just got the branding. It's rolling out today. It still needs some editing. So that's why we're going to give it to you in the morning to put on your website. But when my book came out, um, you know, I think to be honest and transparent for people, like 
I did have a lot of stuff going on. I was leading a, a national not-for-profit and then I rolled into leading a global not-for-profit. I mean, I look really good. And I came from a successful advertising career in Chicago, you know, but I think I, since I saw you, I got divorced after 21 years, 21 years divorced. I, I didn't have it anymore. <laughs> well, and you kind of hit a, I mean, I talk about in my first, I think you and I kind of came to these places where our bodies and our minds screamed at us. No, no. It's, it's, you got to recalibrate. This is not working. And and others could see it in me, but they'd be like, you know, and when you, I think with women too, when we're in something that is not working, or even if it's might not be physically abusive, but you know, it's like, it's sort of like a frog being slow cooked. Like if you were raised in certain stuff, you normalize things that should never have been normalized. Yeah. There was a lot that I normalized. And quite honestly, you know, I, I got my master's in clinical psych almost 25 years ago because mostly to heal yourself, right? It's typically sure. what people go into. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't believe the layers and the years and the layers. So when people, whenever someone says to me, oh, I've done my work, I'm like, yeah, I will be so bored with you mm-hmm. because are we ever done? You know? No. We're not. And that's a great point. I'm glad you said that because I, so I had this prime example happen a couple of weeks ago. So I released this episode talking about all these things that I, I believe in and I do believe in. And then I had a day where I let everyone in the world violate all my boundaries. And I was just like, I looked at Brady. I'm like, what is the irony that this dropped today? And he's like, you have to Stop thinking that you've arrived. Of course, that's going to happen. You're aware of it now, but I mean, and I'm like, you're right, you're right, you're right. I mean, and I kind of pulled back and realized that. So yes, we are in process, and that's okay. Well, and um, it's because we're being prepared for more and more. So like, yeah. there's some stuff that used to like crazy trigger me, and yeah. now I'm like, ah, oh, water off a duck's back. And, and and you you get used to the norm of, I don't need everyone to like me. I don't need everyone's approval. The more you do, the more people feel they need to tell you how they feel about you. (laughs) So true. So true. Oh my gosh. And and just learning like what I'm okay, not caring about it and being okay to just move on from things. And yeah, interesting. And so let's do rapid fire. And then I'm going to turn it over to you because I want you to wrap up with talking about what's going to drop tomorrow and anything else that you want to share about Sail Away Foundation, how you transitioned from Sail of Freedom to that, anything you want to talk about, it's going to be open forum to you. So name five activities that nourish you. Um, weirdly, floral arranging. <laughs> I know. And yeah bubble baths. I'm like a huge bath girl. Live for a bathtub and candles. Um, walks. I like being alone and walking. But these are all alone things. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I, that's, how you get, that's how you get to be so dynamic when you're with people. Yeah, those feed me. And then it is like laying on the couch with my husband and watching like a Hallmark channel. <laughs> because of what I do, I like to watch like Heart of Dixie, Chesapeake Shores. <laughs> well, you've got to you got to do. I mean, because with your work, there's you've got to have a place that's la, la, predict, predictable, yeah. not traumatic, not <laughs> shocking, not you know all these yeah. things to counterbalance all of that. Yeah, simple, simple, simple. Then I'd say again, just you know, my kids. I love my kids. I don't know what you know. I don't get enough time with them. And so yeah. if I get them all, grab them. We do like I'll get an Airbnb, you know, special time. Yeah. Yeah. And, 
and talk about, oh, so this is kind of going off script, but I want you to speak to this because you just got off of this kind of extended rest time and you had this the really fun name for it, the <laughs> radical sabbatical. And I so with all that you do, because I think this is important for people to hear, you're head of the Sail Away Foundation, you've got Free With E, you've just written a book, you, you, you were involved with Sailor Freedom for years, you co-founded that, you found time to take, was it a month? Yeah, five weeks. <laughs> but I was told, you know, I was given a sabbatical in 2018. Look how long it take, took me to do it. <laughs> I was supposed to go in 18. I was supposed to go right after I got married in 19. But there's always something. Something comes up. So this year, there was so much coming up. But I'm like, you know what? I am doing it. I'm officially not with Sailor Freedom anymore. It'll mark my transition. And I did it. Five weeks. And I planned. I rented Airbnbs in different places. We did with my family or we stayed with friends. And it was awesome. You know, and it was hard to not like, you know, I'd come home and people try to call me. So two days, I'd be back and then I'd leave again. But um, I'm going to get really good at it. That's my goal. Awesome. And how did you feel coming back from it? Was it as refreshing as you hoped? It was, you know what? I'm like, and I had fresh ideas. Like someone goes, Oh, you can tell you got, because like this thing just came together, the program that I'm rolling out. Like I just, yeah. I had, I had excitement again. I had bandwidth to have emotion and feelings. I was sort of burnt out for a little bit there. Yeah. Yeah. I had a lot. I had a lot of stuff with my family. I had some personal things with some of my family that it was a hard year. Um, yeah, so I needed that sabbatical and I took yeah. it and you guys should take it too. Yeah. And I, and that's what I wanted you to share because Elizabeth is got a lot of great things she's doing. She's responsible for a lot of things and, and is in demand. Like she can be doing, she could be doing something all the time, but she's made a choice to mark out that time. And I think it's so important for us to know that that's okay. And, and I loved when I saw that you were doing that. Cause I think well, like, yes, because it's a goes back to that living by example thing. If, you know, if we're going to talk to women about these things and we got to walk it out ourselves and that's a prime example of you walking it out. So I wanted you to share that before we jump into all the cool things you're doing five words on how you want to feel the next six months. Mm, I love that. The next six months, I want to feel Ignited, because I feel like I'm building new things. So ignited, but mm -hmm. peace. I want peace and I want ease. And I want, I mean, this sounds crazy because I, I want ignited and I want new, but I want peace and ease. And yet I want favor. I want unprecedented favor because when mm -hmm. we're in this flow, things are easier. So I want the new, I want the excitement, I want to ignite things, but I want it peaceful, easy, and slow. What's <laughs> that though? And I mean, and that, that's, again, goes to those layers of who you are. But how do you prioritize self-care in your life? And what does that look like for you? You know, I think it's so interesting that um, our society is moving in so many different directions. Um, I think between the Me Too movement and the feminist movement, we still have difficulty as women because of our society holds us up as, you know, the caretakers of everybody that how can you give yourself the attention you need? And I have a friend who I was talking to recently and she said to me, you know, oh, we've been having a great conversation, but what has Helen done for Helen lately? You know, and it really helped to crystallize in my mind that 
when someone has the example of saying, you know, when you get on an airplane, they tell you to put the oxygen mask on yourself first and then your baby. Or I can sense that society is helping us to move into this time where it's imperative that we start taking better care of ourselves as women, as mothers, as grandmoms, as individuals. Yeah. And society is counting on us to move into this direction because as we all know, the mental health and emotional health of the family and of communities rely on women being strong, physically as well as emotionally and mentally. So um, I had a very difficult, difficult time some years back and realized that I couldn't stand being by myself. Mm. I always needed to have people around me. And I would, would wonder, why do I get so anxious when I'm by myself? And I realized it was because I didn't know myself. And so it was like, when you hang out with somebody you don't know, you get anxious, you get nervous. Like, what am I going to say? And how do I feel space? How do I, you know? And so I started this and it started in a crazy way. Um, I started reading books about the secret and enlightenment and Brene Brown. And I just started like looking into you know, what we need to learn beyond the books that we get at school, you know, and um, I started very slowly trying to figure out ways where I could be comfortable by myself Mm. and how I can soothe and cope when I'm feeling anxious and nervous. Yeah. Because so many people are suffering with anxiety and depression and I had had about of both, I started to feel as the world was kind of feeling out of control and unraveling, I needed to really ratchet that up. So I was like, what is my favorite time of the year? For me, it's summer. And what what do I love about summer? The ocean, the beach, the sun, the freedom, the, you know, being jovial. And then I started thinking, what do I need to relax? Hmm. Like, what if I came up with my own spa bath and I would decorate my bathroom like summer using my summer beach towels and, um, you know, I would drink coconut juice and I would with a little something in it, let's be honest. And, and, um, you know, and I would, that works so well for me that I started thinking of other ways that I could, you know, start taking care of me as a busy person who works in the nonprofit sector and always taking care of others. Yeah. The, the um, other thing is you have to, I had to remind myself that I was important Absolutely. I mean, we will not put time into something we don't think is important. And I had to think of myself as important, not only to my family, my work, my 
community, but important to me. Yeah. Like, like I, st- I started thinking about what I was like as a little kid, mm. like, and how I had all of these dreams before, you know, there's this uh, philosopher, uh, Don Miguel Ruiz, uh, and he talks about how, you know, when we're growing up with our families, that our families domesticate us. Mm. And in order to domesticate us, a part of our wild child mm-hmm. gets lost, like society pushes down on us. And I have to say, especially little girls. Yes. Right. Yes. Yep. Oh, how sweet is she? Oh, she's so giving and loving. And, you know, the boys get to be like rambunctious and brave and out there and girls get to be tiny. We tiny ourselves. Yeah. I, mean, I Melissa, there was something you had said about making ourselves small. Mm-hmm. You know, that we constantly make ourselves smaller than. Yep. Lesser than. So I really started thinking about and I, I encourage your audience to think about themselves when they were little kids. I love that. Like, were they, were they mountain climbers? Were they rock climbers? Were they, you know, did they love being in nature and looking at snakes and tadpoles and all of that stuff? Yeah. And then somehow mom and dad and grandma and grandpa and church mm-hmm. told you this is where you should be behaving. You know, little girls sit in church with their legs closed and little dresses. And, you know, that's all wonderful, I'm sure, on some level. But we lose ourselves in all of these cultural mandates. They're mandates. Like, think about just Mother's Day. Yes. Like, what if you're, that's not really your thing. You are a mom and you love your children, but... Maybe you're a writer or maybe you're a mountain climber and or a career woman. That doesn't mean you're not a good mom. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no there's no holidays celebrating those other things about you. (laughs) Good point. Good point. (laughs) So it's like so culture even tells you. And what about the woman who doesn't want to be a mom? And and that's just not what she's cut out for. I mean, there's uh, so much in that. And I love. You talk, you've hit on so many great points there. And I think we can't miss out that that little kid point is so strong. The knowing yourself and taking the time and being willing to get to know yourself so that you were able to design something that filled you up. Because through all those movements that we've talked about, that you talked about and mentioned over the last few years, we have learned that we are your culture, the joke is on you. You're not getting the best of us by depleting us and demanding more from us and not giving us time to love ourselves and take care of ourselves because you only get our best selves when we are at a full cup and we are loving ourselves well and we've got that full authentic genuine cup to give from and so the gig is up (laughs) Um, essentially but that was such good points I love all of that and I love it's so true about I mean I used to love to make I used to be out making mud pies with my brother when I was four and five years old we've made mud pies we're in the mud and then until some point and I remember distinctively when I went into kindergarten and and into elementary school that stopped I started Mm. hearing the messaging about 
um, what I was supposed to look like, be like the kinds of things I was supposed to be engaged in. I didn't make mud pies anymore Mm. because I was told that that was something that, that made me dirty and dirty was for the boys and not for the girls. And so, yeah, I mean, you hear this, so just breaking down those messages. I love that going back into who you were and what, what made you who you were before somebody like Glennon Doyle says, basically untamed you. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, so such good points. Rapid fire, name five activities that nourish you. Okay. Guided meditations, writing. I do enjoy a good spa experience. Absolutely. And massage, I must say. I love reading memoirs, my favorite. And I'm getting ready to start that vegetable garden. So we're in the weeding process. (laughs) The good and the bad, all the layers of it. That's right. (laughs) All right. And five words on how you want to feel the next six months. Accomplished. Mm -hmm. Happy. Mm -hmm. Comfortable in my own self. Mm -hmm. Loved. And... I'll wrap up with bliss. Bliss. Ooh, I like that. Prioritize self-care in your life and what it looks like for you. Yeah. So I guess I just, I don't know, with a lot of the work that I'm doing, I just try and take time for me. I just, I guess kind of schedule it too. It's like part of the schedule. Like it's also part of the work. I started following this, um, like this group and this Instagram account called the nap ministry, which is really good. And they prioritize um, just like what rest means, especially um, in the black community and how it's also a form of um, resistance and rebellion. And like, it's something that it's really needed. And a lot of people don't think about it. I remember there was this one time I was listening to a talk that Steve Harvey was doing and how he was talking about, like, if you sleep eight hours a day, then you've slept a third of your life away. And I mean, it's, it's almost like that's what's needed. It's part of like surviving. Cause if you don't sleep that time, you just, yeah. I mean, you won't be here anyway. So it's, you know, it's a big portion. So I just kind of prioritize that and just think like, I have to go home at this time. And I think just timing stuff out, like I have this much time to do this. I have this much time scheduled out for this. So it's like marking down those hours. So then you see like, Oh, I spent so much time doing this. So I, I need to spend time doing something else as well. Yeah. Five activities that nourish you. Making art, cooking, writing, just watching movies, and I guess just going for a walk. Yeah. It's amazing what a walk around, just even a walk around the block can do, even just getting outside, taking a breath. All right. Five words on how you want to feel the next six months. I guess rested, um, accomplished, growth. I guess needed and appreciated. Mm. How to prioritize self-care in your life and what that looks like for you? Well, self-care for me, it's it's more than typical getting your hair done and getting your nails done. I think it's deeper than that. In order to for me to uh, have self-care for myself, I definitely... It, it all evolves around my faith. Mm. I mean, um, I must, I must pour into 
myself um, in a spiritual way every day, daily, whether it be reading the word of God, whether it be um, listening to inspirational messages and sermon or reading an inspirational book, Mm -hmm. um, even listening to gospel music, um, that to me is self-care because it allows you to just realign yourself Mm -hmm. to things that are above, things that are um, higher than what we see on an everyday basis. Yeah. And so when I do that, I know that that keeps me in um, in a healthier mindset. Um, and it it makes me it takes it allows me to take care of myself so that I can take care of others. Yes. That right there. If you people, if you get no other takeaway today, take just that realization that we have to have because you're a busy lady. You know, you've got the nonprofit, you you've worked in education, you have your own family that you're taking care of. And none of them get the best of you if we don't set aside time to fill our cups. Um, We're coming down to the end here. So I've got a rapid fire. First of all, name five activities that nourish you. Five activities that nourish me. Um, I I enjoy quality time with my kids mm. because you can't get that time back. Yeah. So, so quality time with my kids. Um, taking a vacation. I know that's hard to say with the pandemic and everything. Some things yeah. are limited, but what nourishes me is just taking in nature. Mm. and going to places that you know where you can just look upon God's creation yeah you know that that really nourishes me nourish my spirit um you know as I've said before I mean I'll, let me make let me keep track I'm giving you five so <laughs> I've got <laughs> quality time with my kids um breathtaking uh vacation um with nature um inspirational readings mm. like books mm-hmm. inspirational sermons mm-hmm. and gospel music i enjoy that so yeah. that's nourishing me from a spiritual aspect so um that's just where my mind is at i know i could have said yeah. food or something like that but i'm i'm thinking on from a spiritual aspect that's absolutely. that's what nourishes me absolutely well and i love how you have that solid, like, because what nourishes people is different for everybody. You know what yours is. You know what you need to fill you up. And that's, I love that. Um, five words on how you want to feel the next six months. I want to feel productive. Mm. I want to feel competent mm. in what I do. I want to feel blessed. Mm. I want to feel energized. Mm-hmm. And I want to feel wiser. Mm. Point is how to prioritize self-care in your life and what that looks like for each person. So I'm going to speak to each of these talking points in relation to my blog post today. Um, In terms of self-care, I would say in this area, I really... um, didn't fully embrace that. I was always rationalizing why I didn't need to bring it to the light and thinking about other people's intentions, other people's, 
you know, emotional, mental, you know, relational injuries that cause them to be contributors to this and kind of talk to myself out of talking about it or, or calling it what it was for the trauma that it caused me. And so I kind of neglected my self-care in that area. I didn't listen completely to my body and what it was telling me about what this was doing to me. Um, and what really got my attention is that realization that it's not about people's intent. Most people don't intend. Obviously there's people out there that, that are, that are not well, that intend to do harm. But so many times people don't intend to do harm, but it doesn't mean that the harm's not done. And it doesn't mean that there's not some trauma left to deal with that doesn't affect you. And so really um, it, me realizing that I'm not going to be able to fully heal until I talk about this for the harm it did to me and really expose that and bring light to it so that it can heal. So I can fully care for myself the way that I should be. And so I hope that makes sense. And so anytime you have a secret um, or a partial secret, and I say partial secret because there are some people that knew the details of this relationship and my background that I speak of, but there were many people that didn't because I was simply afraid to tell them, um, afraid of what they would think of me. And so that caused me to kind of carry this around for many years. And whenever you're carrying something like that, it's a burden within you. It, it affects your body and doesn't make full self-care possible. And so that was one of the things that really came to me is it's self-care for me seeking all the healing I need for all the trauma, regardless of the inflictor's intent, no matter if they meant to or not. So that that is where it's like, if I'm going to really talk about prioritizing self-care, then I have to do it in all areas in my life, not just the areas that are comfortable and not scary to talk about. So we're at the rapid fire. Um, name five activities that nourish me and five words and how I want to feel the next six months. And um, five activities that nourish me are journaling, doing this podcast, the people that I get to talk to and who I learn from. And just, I mean, I did an episode with Stephanie Hunter and her bravery encouraged me to take this step. So doing this, these podcast episodes each week and the incredible people I get to talk to, um, very nourishing for me. Um, walking, um, hikes in the mountains, being at the ocean, the ocean. I can be at the ocean on the beach and every, all of my anxiety, all of my angst, it just washes away. I, I am at my most peaceful with a very close second being at the lake. I, I I'm from the Pacific Northwest. We have beautiful, clear lakes, that I can see to the bottom. I live in Texas now. I won't get in the lakes here. I'm just saying, um, yes, they're warmer, but ugh, I can't see to the bottom. So I'll take my cold lakes in the Northwest because they're clear and they're clean and I trust them <laughs> and there's no snakes. So, um, but I, so yeah, very close second lake, Lake Chelan in Washington. Uh, my friend Kristen Miller's place, one of my favorite, favorite places in the world. The only person that loves that place more is her. Um, Lake Ponderay, another gem that my um, 
sister friend Stephanie's and her family brought us in many years ago and we've gotten to enjoy that special piece of heaven. So there's some of my just most wonderful, peaceful places. Um, and then traveling, love to travel, especially with my husband, my daughters. Um, now they're some of their, I have a son-in-law, um, but you love travel. Um, Brady and I went to Europe in 2018 and, uh, just, I just, whenever I'm like having a rough day, I just pull up those pictures from that trip and I'm, I just puts me back there. Just love, love, love travel. And, um, love that trip. So, um, how I want to feel the next six months, especially given all that I've talked about today and reference to, um, this blog and just the journey that I'm on. I want to feel brave. I want to feel free. I want to feel peaceful. I want to feel content and I want to feel valuable. And when I say valuable, I mean, valuable, to myself, not based on performance or what other people think, but that I can just fully embrace my intrinsic value without any outside influences or not that affirmations aren't great and they encourage us, but if everyone, no one else around me was telling me or believing I was valuable, but I would still believe that about myself. And that's, that's what I mean about that. 